on the road to Texas secession. Yeah, let's talk about that. Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, happy Friday there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. Thank you for joining us on, of course, another fun-filled episode. I am, as always, your humble host, joining you live from our Stratus IP studios here in lovely eastern Indiana. Don't let cyber attacks or outdated business technology put your company at risk. Learn more at briannicholshow.com forward slash Stratus IP. Stratus IP, business technology simplified. Texas, are you going to do it? Are you actually going to be the state that says we're going to take the step away, be the ones to be the first domino in the chain of 49 other dominoes? That is the question that has been raised over the past year or so, especially as the Texas secession movement has taken uh, charge. And returning to the program to talk all about the latest happenings, joining us today is Daniel Miller from Texit. Daniel, welcome back to The Brian Nichols Show. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Great to have you back. Great to uh, talk about all things Texit. But first, let's go ahead, obviously, reintroduce you to the, the audience. There's been a lot that's happened since you were last on the show. And I was talking about this beforehand. You got you got to sit in my seat over on Tim Pool's TimCast. But uh, I, I think, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> you got usurped by President Trump deciding to, to run for, for re-election. Surprise. I, I, I did. And and look, I'll be honest, you know, doing running commentary on Trump's announcement was fun. It was. Uh, but I will say I was uh, woefully under-caffeinated at the time. So probably probably not as good as it could have been. Hey, but you you still you still rocked and rolled over at Tim Cast, and oh, I know you mentioned that they said that you're going to be able to come back, so that's always a, a positive as well. Um, but hey, let's do a really quick reintroduction for sure. us. I, I know last time we were on the show, we did a deep dive into the the background of Texas, but for the the folks who didn't catch that episode, give us a quick uh, recap. Who is who are you, and what is Texas? Yeah, so uh, for those who don't know me, uh, I'm Daniel Miller, and I'm president of an organization called the Texas Nationalist Movement that was founded in in 2005 uh, to secure and protect the political, cultural, and economic independence of Texas. And of course, that has manifested in what most people know about uh, about our organization, which is the Texas issue, uh, which is effectively uh, giving Texans a vote on the issue of whether or not to reassert our status as an independent nation, become a self governing independent nation among nations again. So when you are talking, and we talked about this last time a little bit, when we're talking to your average person, they hear the word secession. And I think the worst case scenarios instantly pop into mind, right? And we talked about this again last time, civil war is the instant first thing that pops into people's heads. Are you experiencing that still today? Because I hear more frequently, maybe it's my circles, but I'm also hearing it outside of my circles, the, the idea of national divorce being floated quite openly and casually yeah. and actually in many pla- in places, even in blue states, in an okay type of mentality. Because I think they're even starting to see, well, maybe we don't all have to, to be in this one big 50-state bubble bath together. Maybe we should all be able to do our own thing. Yeah, look, it's it's a dysfunctional relationship. And, you know, if, if you want to talk about the, the taboo about the subject being removed, uh, the Survey USA poll that was released over the summer, uh, where 66% of likely voters here in Texas said they would vote for it. I mean, it's, hmm. that's huge. That's, uh, you know, that was like 74, 76% Republican, 
54% Democrat and 53% independent voters, right? So, um, you know, the, the taboo about the discussion is not only gone, but, but really so is the resistance to it. I think everyone's coming to grips with the fact that states, when forced into this federal system, uh, are really uh, being subjected to this one-size-fits-none policy uh, agenda from two and a half million unelected bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. But, mm-hmm. you know, the, the thing, Brian, that I think we need to do is, and, and you know, one of the things that you don't hear me do very often is use the word secession. Uh, it's, it's a real kind of 19th century term for a whole lot of different um, separations, right? And so, uh, as you move into the, the early 20th century, and particularly right after World War II, you've seen this 75 to 80-year evolution of thought where we can't use blanket terms like secession, right? Now, people will still use it because it's short, it's handy, uh, but it really doesn't describe what we're talking about here with the states. Um, you know, secession would be your term if you believe that the states were this whole one incorporated body uh, into something called the United States of America, that in fact, the United States of America as an institution has supplanted and fully absorbed the sovereignty of the states. Uh, but we know that's not what the Constitution says. We know that's not what the framers intended. Uh, instead, what we're looking at, and one of the reasons that we talk Texit all the time, is we're talking about an exit from this entity, an exit from a relationship of equals among the states. Um, you know, and, and it's effectively withdrawing our membership from this political and economic institution uh, called the United States of America, which is very different than America, right? America and the United States of America are really two different things, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> so talk to us from where we were last time to where we are today. I know last time this was starting to gain momentum in Texas, and I think we were discussing that legislation was getting ready to be drafted. And I guess rumor is that we're at that point where we're getting to, to maybe looking at 2023 as a real viable option. This hits the, the, the ballots. Is that the case, Daniel? Yeah, that that's the case. And, and really to catch everyone up, if, if they didn't see the previous interview, um, you know, our, our organization outside of the Republican party and the democratic party is the single largest political advocacy organization in the state. Okay. Um, you know, we, we dwarf, uh, every other one, <clears throat> our, our campaign staff, our, our organizational staff out in the field is larger than Greg Abbott's campaign staff, which, you know, he's our governor here, uh, and, and bordering on being the size of the democratic party's entire party staff here in Texas. Right. So this has been moving for a long time. Uh, Texas has a, a true part-time legislature. It meets for 140 days every other year. And so last session, we had a major breakthrough when State Representative Kyle Biederman filed uh, our bill, the Texas Independence Referendum Act. And of course, it got stymied by House leadership. They wouldn't even give it a hearing. Hmm. Uh, but there's been a, a steady build of momentum since then. Uh, you know, we've had, again, phenomenal poll numbers come out that show that if this goes to a vote of the people, it wins. Uh, we had uh, that, you know, that Survey USA poll that I, I cited earlier, plus a handful of others. Uh, in addition, you had the Republican Party of Texas, which is the dominant political party here in Texas, uh, at their convention, add not one but two planks to their platform calling on a Texas vote, one calling for it in 2023 and one calling for it at some date uncertain, right? So uh, a- as you can tell from the timeline, we're getting ready to move into a legislative session, which starts in January. And so uh, 
we have as an organization released uh, the draft legislation for the next session. Uh, one of the legislators has put it into the process. So it goes through what we call our legislative council vetting process here, uh, which is the first step in preparation to actually formally file the piece of legislation. Uh, that bill passes. And then in November of 2023, Texans will be able to go to the polls, walk into a, into a voting booth, and there on their ballot will be the question, should the state of Texas reassert its status as an independent nation? And then what? So let's just say <laughs> Texas says yes. Yeah. <laughs> then what happens, Daniel? Things I'm sure will get very interesting. Yeah, uh, I would like to say that uh, that that would be the day that I get to finally go on a vacation after doing this <laughs> since 1996. But uh, alas, that's not to be, just not yet. Uh, because the, the thing people need to understand is Texas, or really the exit of any state, is not an act. It's a process. Okay, So literally, that vote comes back. The legislation calls for the creation of a legislative committee, very similar to what they do in relation to like when they did Convention of the States, uh, that legislation, some of the others. But it's it's basically a, a committee comprised of, of both houses. Uh, and the bill actually lays out very specifically what the committee has to do, right? And that committee is tasked with creating a transitional plan dealing with constitutional issues, statutory issues, uh, international covenants, treaties, and agreements, and finally the negotiated issues with the federal government uh, to present at a time when the governor either calls a special session or until the next legislative session gavels in. And then Texans will uh, get another say in those constitutional changes and statutory changes. I mean, uh, it, it launches a process. So it, it's not something that, that happens overnight. Uh, the process, uh, the kind of the next steps are all laid out in the legislation. Uh, but again, what I think is, is really interesting about the way that we've crafted the legislation is that it, it allows for a compression of the time frame if the situation uh, with the federal government deteriorates. And let's be honest, that's highly likely. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, not only is it highly likely, I think we're seeing it happen right now before our eyes. So I yeah. guess then that leads to getting there, right? We're there, and let's be real. And I'm sure you're experiencing it already. Obstacles that are most certain to be in the way. We saw what just right we saw in the Twitter files. Twitter working hand in hand with the Biden administration to censor individuals who are going against their narratives. Uh, well, I'm sure you guys are going to be facing some uphill battles. And rumor is you're currently in the process of suing the good old Facebook. Talk to us about that. And uh, what is it now? Meta? Yeah. Suing Meta. Meta. Talk to yeah. us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, starting about October, um, we noticed that uh, no one could post links to our website that contains all these answers and rebuttals to the common uh, misconceptions that are spread by the opposition about Texas, right? Like what happens to Social Security? The U.S. military will invade. You know, we have about the 100, 100 most asked questions answered in excruciating detail at texitnow.org. So uh, starting at the beginning of October, uh, when we when our supporters would go and try to post links, uh the um, the Facebook gods would determine that uh, we were unworthy. And so through some subsequent uh, investigation, what we found out is that they were classifying us as a dangerous or harmful organization. And, and so since then, not only have they blocked us, but they have been going back through 
links previously posted up to two years ago and removing those posts from people, right? So um, we we said enough is enough. You know, if we're getting ready to go and fight this battle uh, and, and, you know, this, this battle to give Texans a vote on Texas independence, <clears throat> we cannot surrender the, the most used social media platform in Texas. We can't surrender that to big tech oligarchs that want to slap a muzzle on the pro-Texit folks. Uh, so we, uh, we sued Meta. We filed suit uh, based on a law that was passed in the last legislative session that essentially said that Facebook could not do what Facebook was doing. So uh, we filed that. Um, it, the lawsuit was filed in early November. And oddly enough, we're still waiting on our first emergency temporary restraining order hearing. So uh, I, I expect, however, I, I will say that Meta has finally responded to the lawsuit. I mean, they responded almost immediately. Uh, but their first move was to have it removed from state court into federal court. Uh, and that that came down the pike uh, on the 7th. So when we were supposed to actually go to court for the hearing, uh, they filed a motion to have it removed to federal court. And we filed it as a class action lawsuit. So uh, our intention is to, to ride this out uh, until... Uh, Facebook takes the muzzle off of Texas supporters and let's put this issue on an equal footing. If they're going to allow the opposition to post fear mongering and misinformation at a minimum, they can give equal access to Texas supporters who can rebut that information. So this kind of goes into my second question, and this is mm -hmm. beyond Facebook, but it, same church, different pew kind of thing. Yeah. And we see this right now with you mentioned the tech oligarchs, and this is across the board, corporations really being kowtowed to this ESG type of uh, mentality. I'm sure you guys will face pushback. Let's just say we get to Texit from a lot of these large corporations. What what will you be able to do then? Like, Do you, do you see Texas having to have a lot of homegrown companies? Um, or, or do you think that a lot of companies are going to say, you know what, no, we're still going to do business with Texas. Uh, Texit be darned. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, Brexit was very instructive on this issue. So if if anyone wants to look at a pretty clear analog of, of what this has looked like and what it's looking like and kind of what it will look like moving forward, um, Brexit is probably, at least on the campaign side of it, very instructive. Now, there are some negative lessons that people <laughs> can learn from Brexit, but but to that point, right? We can talk about that later if you'd like. Uh, but but to this point, one of the things that we saw uh, very clearly during the Brexit debate uh, was corporations making those sorts of assertions, right? Where they said, uh, "Look, we'll move our headquarters out of London. We'll stop doing business." And and you know what happened? In the world of wine, there are so many choices, and that's why Blood of Tyrants Wine has tyrants losing their heads. Whether you're looking for a new go-to at home or want to impress your friends at a party, Blood of Tyrants Wine has you covered. And if you're trying to get rid of some pesky tyrants in your life, well, we've got that covered too. Head to briannicholshow.com forward slash wine and get $5 off your order. One more time, briannicholshow.com forward slash wine. Free men don't ask permission, so take a sip. You'll be glad you did. Well, it wasn't that. What happened was uh, those companies realized that the UK had a much more friendly climate to business than the European Union did, which was one of the major reasons for Brexit in the first place. Well, take that over to Texas. Texas has got one of the most business-friendly climates out of all the states. I mean, during the Obama administration, I think for seven, or seven of eight years, 
uh, Texas was the number one job creator in in uh, during the entire time of the uh, Obama administration throughout the entire United States. <laughs> uh, Texas has always had a, a business friendly climate. I think it could be better. Uh, but, you know, we have to begin that process of making it better by removing the 180,000 pages of federal laws, rules and regulations and federal regulatory accumulation that destroys the bridge from poverty to prosperity, entrepreneurship. So, you know, these companies, ultimately, they may bluster, they may thump their chest, <clears throat> they may virtue signal that, you know, they love the federal government and, uh, you know, President Puddin pop up there. But at the end of the day, um, you know, at the end of the day, they've got to make a decision that that matches, uh, that, that really uh, adds to their bottom line. They have shareholders to answer to. And uh, there's not a better place in, in the United States or in North America to do business right now than Texas. Just imagining Joe Biden having to respond to Texas just makes you have well, to when you Look, when you said that Twitter was, was working with him hand in hand, I have to tell you here in Texas, we refer to that as working with the Biden administration nose to hair. <laughs> Especially if they're kids. Oh, God. And you know what? That's just a whole separate thing. Like, we've known him for being a creep ever since he was, like, found in those pictures when he was VP. It's like, what are we doing here? Why are we uh, uh, surprised? No. I mean, that, that guy, look, when when he when he ran, uh, I, I, I looked at my wife and I said, get ready for entertainment because that guy is a walking gaff machine. Uh, and and to watch the media cover up his gaffes yes. like a cat covering a turd on a concrete floor is even more entertaining. I mm -hmm. mean, it, it's it's infuriating, but to watch the gymnastics they have to go through to cover for the the federal government's mismanagement and misdeeds, uh, it it really tells you that mainstream media has become official state pro the state propaganda arm mm -hmm. for the federal government. Yep. Well, we just saw Brittany Griner. Um, she's coming home. And with that, we got rid of, uh, we, we gave up the head uh, arms dealer for Russian terrorists uh, in response. And Micah Parsons, a star linebacker and just MVP, in my opinion, for the Dallas Cowboys, which happened to be my favorite team. Um, and I'm sure America's team, right? Um, he, he was saying, he's saying, this is ridiculous. And he, and not only did he say that, but he tweeted, he's like, we're still not going to vote for you to Biden. And he had to retract it, unfortunately. But then he responded being like, you know, hey, no, I, I'm not a fan of, of this at all. It, you know, he's not really a fan of Trump either, but he said, I'm not a fan of Biden, uh, especially because, you know, he, he, I think he represents a lot of other people out there who just see, him for what he is. They see the administration for what it is. And I guess it opens up the question, what do we do? And this is the answer I think a lot of people are looking for is something like what you're doing at Texas, right? Because yeah. it's one thing to talk about this stuff in your Facebook groups until you get banned or on social media until you get censored uh, or go out and, and have this conversation in real life until people look at like you have three heads because it sounds so alien until you realize that no, a lot of, a lot of people actually think this stuff They've just been afraid to, to actually express it. And I think that actually speaks more to our, our social media world that we're in and our, our self-censoring because of the fear. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's a whole other can of worms. But I guess that opens sure. up the, the reason why Texas is so popular. Yeah, look, it's, you know, for us, I mean, you have to understand this, this didn't happen overnight for us. Right. Um, this has been, this has been a lot of work. You know, my, 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 my start in this happened in, in 1996. And, and you, really quick, can you talk about like how the, uh, the opinion of you from then, like when you brought this to the table to where it is today and the, the reception from folks has changed? 
Well, you look, I'll tell you, yeah, that's what I was getting to. The first nine years that we were at this, uh, it, it was pretty much the same experience that you talked about. Mm. People would run either really hot or really cold. And most of the people that were running hot were very few in number. So starting about 2003, um, we gathered together a bit of a brain trust and we did a, we did a, an, ex, an exhaustive two year study of independence movements around the world. Right. And, and what prompted that was honestly the thing that really connected the logic of exit for me back in 1996, which was that statistic from global paradox, that book by John Nesbitt, where he talked about that, uh, since at the end of world war II, there were roughly 54 recognized fully sovereign countries around the world. And by the time of the book's publication in the mid nineties, there were 192, right? So they didn't, the earth didn't get any bigger. They didn't fall from space, right? They, they had to be people like us that just wanted to enjoy the right of self-government. So what we did is we started this exhaustive study of independence movements around the world, both those that have succeeded, those that have failed, uh, those that were still in process. Uh, we studied it from, you know, things that have become now known as the 51st state movements to outright hard exiteers, right? Um, and then we overlaid that with Texas law, sort of political reality, and, and out came the organization. And we entered into the field in 2005 with a, a strategy and a plan that involved getting uh, getting the voters to deal with this issue, to, to really open up about it, uh, to go out and do retail politics in the real way, to treat this as a real issue. Because that's part of it. When, when from a mindset perspective, when you approach someone about this issue and you act hinky about it or you you think something's wrong, you know, and you're sheepish, uh, then they're just going to reflect that back at you. Um, and, and so, you know, you have to be confident in it. And, and what we found out in, you know, from the years of 2005 to 2009 was we found that when we talked to Texans about this issue, uh, there was excitement there, right? There were legitimately excited people that were excited to see that something concrete and real that wasn't crazy or fringe was being done. Uh, and I'll tell you, uh, and, and, I, and I know we talked about this the last time, but if, if there are those people out there that are wanting to, at a minimum, start having this conversation, because I believe the conversation itself is extremely healthy to have, right? But, but if you want to have this conversation, the approach uh, is it has got to be very different than we should have our state leave, right? Some people aren't there yet. They haven't made the connecting logic. They, at a, at a visceral level, understand that the federal government is unfixable, right? They understand it's on a trajectory that they don't agree with, regardless of their partisan affiliation, right? But, but they're, they're not understanding it in the terms that the rest of the world does. And so what we do, uh, and, and what we encourage others to do is just ask the simple question. Uh, if right now your state was already a self-governing independent nation among nations, you had control over your own border and immigration policy, over your own monetary and taxation policy, uh, your own trade agreements, your own travel agreements, you had your own embassies and passports, you had what 200 other self-governing independent nations around the world have right now, okay? Uh, and instead of talking about withdrawing from the union, instead you were talking about whether or not your self-governing independent nation should give all that up and join the union. Knowing everything you know right now about the federal government today, would you vote to join the union? Absolutely. And, and that's how you have the conversation <laughs> because most people don't think about it in those terms. But ultimately, this is this is really a question 
of regaining control over your own political destiny, right? Right now in our state, in, in the way that we look at it, if if all 17 million Texas voters went to the polls and voted on an issue 100%, at this moment, that decision could be overridden at the stroke of a pen by an executive order or an unaccountable, unelected federal judge or some act of the United States Congress. I mean, that's that's just the, the 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 way that it works. If all Texans, if our entire congressional delegation, all thirty eight of them, uh, you know, voted a specific way right now, we are outnumbered by math in the United States Congress. So uh, you you have to fundamentally recognize at the moment that you look at the federal government and say it's broken. It's going in a direction that we don't want it to go, whether that's over debt, whether that's border immigration, whatever that direction is, right? You realize that even if you did everything, you had all of your voters, all of your population, all of your congressional delegation, all uh, saying, hey, we, we don't want to go this direction. Understand that mathematically, it's not in our favor, right? So we can't, we can't make that happen. Uh, and for us, that just means grabbing back to what the framers and the founders intended for states to be sovereign, self-governing, you know, entities, uh, rejecting an institution that has rejected the principles on which that union was founded and reclaim our right uh, to be a self-governing independent nation among nations. It's as simple as that. It is as simple as that. Daniel Miller, we could go on and on and on. And unfortunately, we are already hard-pressed for time, which means that we're already at the part of the show where we got to go ahead and do final thoughts. I'll kick things off. Why not? And that is, uh, folks, you you hear when we're talking about Texit, uh, one of the important pieces to this, one of the, the, recipe, part, uh, the ingredients to the recipe, let's say, is you had to have part of the political process. This would not be able to be uh, going into the the, ba- uh, the draft legislation without someone actually being in political office. So knowing that, it's important if you want to go ahead and start something in your your community that will turn into something bigger, like what we have here with Texit, well, it starts with you. And I understand there there's a lot of barriers to entry. Running for local office, it can be tough. So what we're doing here at the Brian Nichols Show is we, we started candidate schools. Uh, so what we're doing, less than $10 a month if you are either A, already running for local office and you're just looking to learn the basics, fundraising, messaging, how to structure your campaign, all those little basic things that maybe you're just like, hey, I want to learn a little bit more so I can get more acclimated to this world of politics. We're here to help out. Or option B, you're maybe a little uncertain. You're thinking about tossing your hat in the ring, but you're not too sure. No worries. Join us. We're going to be having experts on the show who do this stuff all the time, talking about what works, what doesn't work. Candidates who have won, but also, more importantly, I think, lost their elections. What worked, but what didn't work? We're going to learn from that and more. Head over to briannicholshow.com forward slash candidate school. Sign up today. Daniel, what do you have for us for final thoughts? It's quite simple. Uh, for anyone out there that is <clears throat> is losing hope or has lost hope, I, I'm just going to give you some encouraging words from Article 1, Section 2 of the Texas Constitution, which says that all political power is inherent in the people and all free governments are founded on their authority and instituted for their benefit. And the people have at all times the inalienable right to alter, reform, or abolish their government in such manner as they may deem expedient. Uh, you know, those are, are pure words that deal with the issue of self-government, but they they key in on the thing that is important that we all understand, uh, and that is it always must be a 
movement of the people that changes our governing situation. And uh, my friends, you're a people, right? Uh, gathering people together starts with one person. You may not know a single person out there who believes like you do if you want to exercise that right of self-government, uh, but start having the conversation, go out, find your people, and then go embrace your right of self-government because it's an inalienable right. And uh, we talked about this uh, many a time here on the show recently, but I got to bring it up again from the late, great Andrew Breitbart. Politics is always downstream from culture. So it's important for us to play the political and the cultural game as well. Daniel, thank you for joining us. Always a pleasure. And folks, if you got some value from today's show, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Please go ahead, give today's episode a share. And when you do, please go ahead and tag yours truly at B Nichols Liberty. Daniel, where can folks go ahead, tag you, but also go ahead and continue the conversation. Yeah, I would encourage people to visit our website at texitnow.org, or you can hit me up on all social media at the Texian DM. There you go, folks. And to make it easy for you, we'll include all those links for you in the show notes. All you got to do, if you're on the podcast version of your show, well, here, click the little artwork in your podcast catcher. It'll bring you right over to briannicholsshow.com, where you can find, yes, all three, no, I'm sorry, not three, 600 and uh, almost 40 episodes here of the program, which just still is, in fact, mind-blowing. Uh, but also, folks, we do have a video version of the show, which launched their uh, beginning of last year. So we now have, I think, over 200 some odd, maybe 300 videos. I don't know. Go check out over on our YouTube Rumble or over on Odyssey. Either way, do me a favor. Hit that little notification bell and subscribe button so you don't miss a single time we go live and we have awesome guests like Daniel here on the show. And bye. By the way, did you check out our awesome conversation we had yesterday where we had our good friend Carrie McDonald return to the program from Fee. She was talking about educational entrepreneurialism, how COVID-19 has sparked an entire generation of educational entrepreneurs, teachers leaving the government schooling system and starting their own little micro schools. It's such a really cool story to hear that there are so many folks out there who are doing this brand new way of teaching. And guess what? It's getting rid of the old way of doing government schooling, changing the way we're looking at the status quo, much like Daniel's doing when it comes to talking about Texas. But with that being said, go have yourselves a great weekend. Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for Daniel Miller. We'll see you Monday. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. Enjoying the audio version of the show? Then you'll love our YouTube channel. Be sure to head over there and subscribe. And if you're new to The Brian Nichols Show, be sure to head to your favorite podcast catcher and click download all unplayed episodes so you don't miss one of our nearly 500 episodes that will be sure to leave you educated, enlightened, and informed. If you got value from today's episode, can you do me a favor and head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash support and leave us a $5 donation? And by the way, have you given the show a five-star review yet? If not, head to Apple Podcasts and tell folks why you listen to the program and don't forget to tell your friends to subscribe too. Follow me on social media at B Nichols Liberty. And again, if you'd be so kind, please consider making a donation to The Brian Nichols Show at briannicholsshow.com forward slash support. The Brian Nichols Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl Schmitz, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankiewicz, Cody Johns, Craig DaCosta, and the We Are Libertarians Network.